0: FM to get started.
1: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now,
0: let the buzz! Begin.
2: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Mrs. America After Show, episode six. Jill, very interesting. We're getting deeper and deeper into this insanity, this great show. But I cannot do this alone. I am your host, your moderator, Sean McHugh, aka big fan of strong Woman. and i have with me of course some lovely always bringing some wonderful insight miss ashwin ram how are you Ashvin?
1: i'm so good hi guys hi after buzzers such an amazing episode to get into today
2: awesome and of course a sister to the sisters my man cody epperson hello cody hey hey how's it going <laughs> Uh, so, so many things. Let's 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 start overall thoughts. Ashman, what were your thoughts on this episode?
1: You know, I really loved getting to the nitty and gritty of this entire series. I feel like so many things showed up in this episode. Like we see, we see um, the stuff behind sexual harassment, like what an issue that has been. And in this episode, we actually really get to it. We start talking about it. And um, I really see, I loved seeing that surface because I think it's an issue that's kind of been alluded to throughout the different episodes, but we really see um, how much of it has been happening today. So all the inequality, the, the male dominance and the females kind of being playing more of the secretary role. Um, it was nice to see it unfold and I'm glad it was being spoken of.
2: Awesome. Cody, what were your thoughts?
0: Um, one I completely agree with that it was it is such a huge topic throughout the show and to get more have it kind of magnified today was really was really I don't want to say cool because it's not a cool topic but it was good to like ha- put that in such a light and um I I what I, I said earlier I was so excited to get into Elizabeth Banks character Jill and um I just think she's such a her role is so powerful and I loved her conversation she had with Phyllis and the whole thing, and then even it, I just loved it. I really was into this episode today.
2: <laughs> awesome, we're gonna. know so many things to talk about. It's hard to kind of keep it all in. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's let's just get right into it. So, uh, it is called Jill. Jill. Uh, her full name is Jill uh, Ruckle's house, right? I think I'm saying that right, Ruckle's house. Um, and this, is, of course, is Elizabeth Banks, who up until now has been pretty behind the scenes, right? We haven't seen a lot of her. She's popped in here or there. So I'm with you, Cody. I was really excited to really see her come alive in this episode and just get, you know, behind who this woman is. Cause I, I wasn't sure we were going to. So I was excited that, you know, this episode showed us that. Yeah. Um, let's talk, So let's talk about, this. we, we, we meet her. Right. And uh, she's almost now the face of the Republican party. Right. She's been assigned this role. And uh Phyllis is not happy about this, uh, so talk about talk about that:
0: um yeah. well, I thought it was um it was so interesting to see it's like almost like i mean Phyllis is obviously in the midst of this whole series. she's been battling the e r a and all these other ladies, and it's just it's so interesting to see like now, all of a sudden, it's like her personal political turf is on the line, and she feels. I mean, in a in a way, she feels threatened by Jill and like being the face of the women of the Republican Party, and um, and I I really liked it because it's kind of and because I really liked Jill's character, and it really shows that doesn't have to be because especially nowadays we're so it's so separated, and it's just like people will fight with you just for being in a different party. But it what I liked is that we see Jill, who is on this progressive front, but she's also is Republican. She is fiscally conservative, and she has all these facets to her, and so on, and I, I just think really gives her more of an edge over Phyllis, which um I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Ashley, what were your thoughts on this on, on Jill and you know the new the new introduction to her?
1: Of course, I mean I really enjoyed seeing Jill's character, um, especially given the position that she's in. So she is the face of the Republican Party but she has so much support from the liberals as well. So, I really like her her representation because you know, she's on the conservative side, but I feel like she has such an equal balance amongst ladies on both ends and I feel like the objective is the same like they're all trying to get a um you know, like the ERA is so is about equality. So, I love that she stands for that, but at the same time she's not oblivious to one side or another like even when she encounters phyllis she totally knows like how to associate with her she begins on like a commonality level and bringing up children and kids and like you know just kind of female conversation to almost feel her out and not just throw like phyllis to the defense of the conversation like she's kind of like let's talk woman to woman like i get we might have you know difficulties in the subjects that we're looking at, but understand that I do know where you're coming from. And I think it worked for Phyllis as well, because she was willing to sit with her, have a glass of wine and chat a little more. So I, I, I really like how smooth she is kind of maneuvering through all the different people that are involved in this episode.
2: Nice. So we also have kind of like our maybe our subplot for this episode We have Bella running, who's trying to run for senate, right? And then we also have Shirley, who's essentially starting the first Me Too movement, right? Like, uh, which was very interesting for me because you know we always think everything, these things are new and like no one else has thought of this. It's like, oh no no no, you know (laughs) Shirley back then was trying to fight for these secretaries' rights. Um, I mean, I was just just hearing that literally on the application is, do you perform oral sex? Like, I Wow. I mean, you just you just think about like where we are today and like how all these guys are fired instantly. Um, So, Cody, talk a little bit about, you know, this. And it's also for Bella, like she gets what Shirley's trying to do, but she also kind of sees a big picture. Right. So it's like it's a kind of she's kind of torn. So talk a little bit about all that.
0: Yeah, um, I think that it, it really is strange that she didn't just like jump on board with it. Um, and I think maybe this is I feel like I always tend to dip my toe into predictions a little too early, but I just think <laughs> we might get a little more of why. I think there's might be a little kind mm. of a dark secret.
2: But, oh, um, okay. I like but that.
0: I do um it was so interesting to especially that it's like with there are very there are laws now that are like you can't even ask someone anything remotely like that in an interview, so to like see it. Happening is like, it's just for me, Is just bonkers. It's like, I know it's a fit, it is a thing, it was a thing, it probably, it definitely still is a thing in places, but I was just like, oh my god, like that's that's crazy. And then, then, then to have Phyllis be like, well, I think these ladies are asked, are don't you think they're asking oh. for it? And it's like, Phyllis, no, this is not okay. You can't <laughs> think like that. Oh, uh, it was, so, it was crazy.
2: Yeah. So Ashvin, I mean, I, as a woman, obviously we, you got two gentlemen here as a woman, like talk a little about from your perspective, like, cause I think I, I don't think this has gone away at all. I mean, obviously we've cracked down on it a lot, but it's only in the last couple of years that we've really cracked down. So, uh, I mean, how, how, how what were your feelings on this, this part of the episode?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Sean, I kind of loved what you said, like this just goes to show how far the Me Too movement actually goes back in history. It's like mm. when the Me Too movement became verbal, right? Like we we began to learn stories about like the old school actors and actresses that were like, oh, this was just a common thing that happened back in the days. Like this was, it It, it almost felt like there wasn't one person that didn't go through harassment at one point or another in its career. So for me to kind of learn it from the political perspective and dating back to history, I mean, it just kind of made sense about how long that this has been existing and how important it, it was for America just to have this discussion overall. Um, and then just kind of, I think as a woman seeing that dominance, like obviously it was hard because it's like, you know, all the women were just in this just inferior kind of role like they were secretaries they were just known as objects like they just had no say their almost job was to look pretty and do whatever the men wanted to do and you know there was that one conversation when all the men were together and they were kind of looking at that comic and one of them makes a comment like how do you keep your secretary quiet and one was like oh you put something in her mouth like you know that's just that's just so wrong, but it just goes to show how openly this stuff was discussed before, and and why it wasn't really you know known as a taboo because the people of in power were able to get away with this. So, I mean, I'm glad to even see uh, Shirley begin to take a stand at this. Like she didn't exactly have all the tools, but she knew enough that it was inappropriate. And, you know, something had to be done. And Bella as well. Like, I kind of get why she didn't just jump into the scene. But I feel like because she knows what she's doing. She's like, when I get into real power, then I'll get their asses out of here. So I feel like she's been in the game so long that she knows how to play it. But I feel like, make no mistake, once she gets in that power, she's going to do something about this.
2: Well, the show does such a good job of, like, of, of balance, right? And that you have someone like Shirley who c- is consistent with her character. She's like, I, I don't compromise ever. Whoa. So I'm going to do this. And then you have an OG like Bella being like, I get it. I get your, I appreciate your yeah. passion, but there's a game, right? We got to play in order. To, we, we can't do anything from the outside. We have to get in. So I, I really love that balance. I mean, she even makes that joke uh, her mom said, when I graduated law school, my mother said, wear a hat and gloves. That way they won't mistake you <laughs> for a secretary. Yeah. Like it was such such a great line. Um, so she just gets it. So you're right, Ash, but it's, it's, it is interesting though, to see that again, nothing's pure, nothing's just easy. Like, you know, everything is complicated. Everything has multiple layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's move on. So now our girl Phyllis <laughs> does not like that she is behind, right? She, you know, she's realizing that her kind of home front campaign is only going to get her so far. So what does she do? She literally, I love the fact that she was literally cold calling people from a pay phone. Like who does that? Wow. Cody, talk a little
0: bit about this. Well, it was so funny because I, when I, I was something, I was like, why is she on a pay phone? Like, what is she doing? Like, she has like a house. She literally has uh, people in her house working there. Like they have phones. And then I kind of remembered. I was like, "Oh, well, she's probably. I think she's is she in law school now? And I think she's like that's why she's on campus doing it." And then I also remembered, "Oh, it's the '70s. And not everybody's got a freaking cell phone, so that's why <laughs> right. she's on the phone." But she's calling everybody, and it's um, it's I mean, good for her. She's making strides to achieve what she's trying to achieve, and um, it was just. And then it was, but but it was it was a rather comical scene. And then she has like a line of these. Law law students behind her, like waiting to use the phone. She's like, I gotta go.
2: <laughs> yeah, like almost like you know, she's in a prison line, right? Everybody's like tapping her foot, like, let's go, get off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. So so Ashby, then we have we have, you know, Phyllis kind of has this revelation. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? So she realizes that she needs to rally all these different sects of religion. Because they're all we all have the same common goal here, and she's going to start this Eagle Forum, uh, bringing all these different religions together. So then she goes to well she fa- she gets this lo- this uh, sorry, this mailing uh, letter, right Now, what am I trying to say? Uh, what is it? It's a, it's a, a pamphlet? Wow. Yeah, like a pamphlet or a, a newsletter. that's what I'm trying to say. Newsletter. Sorry. Uh, and finds out who's it's from and it's from this lady Lottie Beth Hobbs so her and her team go visit Lottie. Ashby, talk about this meeting. <laughs>
1: that was such a funny meeting like one to Phyllis I totally admire the way she gets things done like mm. this lady knows how to hustle and how to maneuver right like she organized I mean she knew that they needed another 40,000 people to join on board to make any noise. So, one, just the way she's got her team organized and everybody reaching out to everyone. And so then they finally come across this like other group of ladies, right? And I just think it was funny because as much as, uh, you know, Phyllis tried to lure her in on her side. The other lady wasn't budging like she was she was holding on to her mailing list. And she was like, listen, if we're going to get behind you, this is the contingency that we need. And obviously, you know, she was very passionate about abortion and life. And it was just interesting to see, you know, two women that, you know, kind of had similar beliefs, but kind they were also it, it was hard for them to come together. And maybe it was because of their own beliefs or, or whatever that was but i love the discussion around the rose
2: remember when the rose came up and it symbolized
1: yeah. different things that um you know phyllis and her group were like oh you know the, it was roses versus rights like that's how they seen it and then the other religious group was like well roses is a symbol of abortion like how they yeah. were like metaphorically this beautiful thing grows and then it's just kind of ripped off the stem So I thought that was an interesting, symbolic moment. But again, like Phyllis is so smart. She knew that the lady wasn't sold the first time around. She kind of observed her house. She's like, what is she into? How do I relate with her? So she gets on board. And then, you know, they go shooting. And Phyllis hits that perfect bullseye shot. And the lady's like, yeah, like maybe we're a little (laughs) more like... (laughs) maybe we're a little bit more similar than different. And then I feel like she totally won her over in that moment.
2: Yeah, no, I, and it's funny. Cause I, I was thinking to myself, Phyllis, you can't strong arm a woman who shoots her own deer, <laughs> you know, like she is gangster, you know, she's country gangster. Like she is not messing around. So uh, I like that, you know, Phyllis always trying to undercut people. Right. It's like, oh, I think you could, uh, you could be on the board. And of course she says, uh, I'll be vice president. <laughs> so again, like, like you said, with Phyllis, she's savvy and she knows that she'll try to take as much as she can, but she knows when she has to give, when she has to compromise. Right. Um, because, you know, end of the day for her, the mission is what it's all about. Almost. I always still think for me, it's, uh, it's really all about Phyllis, but you know, it's, we'll, we'll put this blanket of the mission over it, but end of the day, it's really about Phyllis. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, we have this meeting. Ooh, this meeting of Jill and Phyllis, which you uh, alluded to a little earlier, Cody, but I want to, I want to really get into this meeting. This is a good, this is a good meeting. Cody, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit how, how, you know, uh Jill really kind of takes Phyllis in and, and really knows kind of how to play her. Uh, so talk a little more, let's get into that a little more. Well,
0: yeah, it was just, it was so smooth. And she even like, we see a few scenes prior, she just drives by the, the protest and just rolls down her window and just looks at her. It's like, yeah, I'm watching you. And so then, <laughs> and then she bumps into her again. at I don't know what building they are in, but so they bump into each other and they go and have a drink together. And it's kind of like you, uh, what you guys said. Like she was just, she like found common ground. Like talked about their kids. Oh yeah, let's grab a drink. It'll be so sweet. And, easy. and then even they're having a conversation. It was totally fine. But there were obviously like their little jabs here. And they're like, oh well, that's not how that is. It's like subject change. And <laughs> um, and then finally, it just the way, just the way, Jill just was like we're done with this conversation was like if you want to get ahead on the shoulders of men just know they're going to be looking up your skirt which is like was just so powerful i was like oh my god Jill. but i mean it sucks because it's true like it's such a it's such a horrible reality but it was just like the way she like put it in her face like yo like if this is what you're gonna do just so you know this is what's happening and um it was just, it really was just such a cool scene to watch, to hear both sides. I mean, we hear both sides all the time, but to get this, this perspective from Jill and with Phyllis was, it was really cool because they are, I won't, they're almost like two sides of the same coin. So it was mm. really cool to hear them talk.
2: Mm, I love, I love how you put that. That's a great way to put it, two sides of the same coin, because I think you're <laughs> right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both Republican and, you know, want those Republican values, uh, just different ways i mean it just shows you how like you know there's levels to everything like i was saying earlier Absolutely. you know there's it's not just one thing a republican doesn't mean this it, it can mean a lot of things um so so ashvin earlier in the conversation between Jill and Phyllis uh Phyllis says I'm sorry Jill says my husband Billy used to say we educate men and women through college to be precisely equal but then the men go off and do the interesting things. Talk a little bit about that because I thought that was a really great great statement and i mean just a theme for the show
1: yeah i mean i think it continuously keeps showing the inequality like as much as Mm -hmm. it's like yes we both get to be college educated but once that education happens the woman's role is more like you know become be a great wife become a great mother you know become a great like homemaker whereas the men they are really embraced to pursue their careers and make money and be the provider so i feel like you know by jill saying that she was really speaking the truth that yes you know we have a right to education but what that really means after we're done is a completely different meaning and mm. i feel like i feel like jill was totally feeling out phyllis and but towards the end she just had it with her like that part when they came into um i mean phyllis's statement like cody said like She's like, well, I think the women that are going under this, you know, they're, they're inviting this type of attention to themselves. And she mm. used the word virtuous. And she's like, this doesn't happen to virtuous women. And I feel like Jill had just had it with her by that time. <laughs> and that's why she made that comment. She's like, if you want to step on men's shoulders to get ahead, just know that, you know, underneath it, they're, they're looking up your skirt. And I feel like as the episode progresses, we kind of start seeing Phyllis get into that uncomfortable situation. Like when she goes into that room and it's all those men there, like even for me watching that, I'm like, that looks really intimidating. Like it just looks, I was uncomfortable. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I was like, that looks so dominating. So I feel like, you know, she's about to get a taste personally of what all these women are talking about. And she's so quick to judge other women, but, you know, I almost feel like she she needs to feel this because she's like, oh, people are inviting it. She's not inviting it, but she's clearly sitting in that world where she's beginning to, to experience this.
0: Yeah, so, well, she, she um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. She go ahead. Just, it, it's funny that you say, that you bring up that she says like, oh, like virtuous women, yeah. they don't, this doesn't happen to them. And that she does experience it later on in the episode. But really looking back, Phyllis has been experience, experiencing it since episode one like totally. she's been she's like the, the the gentlemen are always putting their arm on her or kissing her on the cheek and she really has been experiencing it and and I think deep down she knows that it's a thing but she she just feels that because she rises above the occasion or above the situation that she's this virtuous person who it's not happening but it really has been she has been experiencing it since since we've met
2: her totally yeah uh, I mean oh go ahead I'm sorry
1: sorry I was just gonna say I think that's totally been Phyllis's character right like like you said she's she's not oblivious to any of this right like she has Mm -mm. been experiencing it since episode one but she keeps sweeping it under the carpet and now even the same thing with her son I mean look at her in that confession moment Mm. all that guilt. like she she's aware of what's happening So I totally agree. Um, She's been experiencing it. And I think it's just coming more and more in her face now.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, I think you're both totally right. in that, you know, she, Phyllis feels like she's kind of immune to it all. You know, if some way, because she's really smart. So I'll just go and sit with the boys and I'll be one of the boys. And it's like, uh, no, 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 you are not one of the boys. We're, we're, because you've kind of, you know, made some waves, we're humoring you and, and, you know, you're not bad to look at, but end of the day, uh, if we need to shut you up, we'll shove something in your mouth, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's really what it is. And it's, it's interesting that she has all these, she's so, she's so conflicted um, for me, because like you said, she has all these, uh, these tells that are showing her what she's fighting against. And it's really like, and in, and in the reality is like you should be fighting for this. Like it's it's happening to you too, Phyllis. Uh, just because you have a nice blouse and a nice house doesn't mean you're immune. You know. <laughs> um, it's so so it's rhyme made me giggle. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and I, and then to ask me to your point and that that scene uh, in the confessional to me, it just backs me up. It's like, she made it all about her. Why did God put this in my heart and then give me this cross to bear? You know, it's like, there's nothing to do with you, Phyllis. Like, this is your son. Uh, So it's, it's very interesting uh, to me, the way, the way Phyllis just is almost in a way oblivious, but then knows exactly what's going on at the same time. She's a conundrum. Uh, All right. So on to the next um so we go to the well first of all too we also have this kind of bicentennial celebration like you know kind of we're gearing up for underneath all this which is very interesting to me because you know that's 1975 that's the year of my birth because I'm the old guy in the house here um so to to see that 1975 like this is what's going on is always is always interesting to me um talk a little bit about uh the bicentennial and you know who's president like we have we have uh, not henry we have we have ford's president um and you know he's up for re-election the next year so uh this all this this all that everything going on is very important to his new election right uh cody what do you think
0: i don't know <laughs> i don't i'm honestly not that's one thing about this show that i'm a i'm i feel like it is teaching me a lot and it it go and I'm liking because that's part of what my the news going to be about later on is that it's the historical accuracy of the show, mm. and so um. But we do see that actually I don't think that I, do, I was can you hear me? Stammering I was a little confused at the end of the episode because I thought it seemed like Phyllis took a big. It seemed like women just lost in general, like because I know her um Jill's husband was going to be vice president and then they changed their mind and went with somebody else, and so um. I might be straying off the topic that you just asked me, to be honest. Uh, No, no, no worries. So
2: that's actually a great topic uh, I wanted to get into. So that's, that's great. Let's go there. So Jill comes home and after her meeting with Phyllis and her husband is being vetted to be vice president. So, right. But she's excited. The only problem is she's his wife and she's a little too outspoken. Ashman, talk about that. That whole scene was very interesting.
1: That was a really interesting dynamic because it's like when I seen Jill and her husband, Billy, um, I was like, wow, they seem to have a really good balance. Like they're both political people. I like the way he kind of had her back. He's like, I don't control my wife. Like do your thing. Be, Be as big as you can be. And then when he gets kind of, you know, put in the position of power of becoming a VP, like as much as he wasn't trying to water her down, but at the same time, it was kind of like for him to become more popular, she did have to slow her role a little bit because she was too outspoken for like, you know, the majority of, you know, people in power, whether that was the men or or however that was. But I just thought it was interesting that as much as he he loves and respects her. He still was kind of asking her to do that. He was like, well, just until the um election is over and we have like the official results. So I think that was just a hard place in general between, you know, just, just even in a relationship and a couple. It's like she wants her husband to win, she wants to support him, but she also feels really passionate um, about obviously the issues um, she's been a part of uh, and uh, and her representation in the community. But overall, I thought it was great because at the end of the day, he didn't give her a choice of yes or no. And she did her best to accommodate herself and him. So I I think it was handled well. And I don't I don't think it I think I don't think it affected the decisions um, as much as it could have.
2: Mm, Good point. Uh, Yeah, because, of course, they don't end up going with him. They go with Bob Dole. And it's funny because as soon as he said that name, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so so, Cody, but during this whole time, like, right, we have Jill who wants to be on the floor with them with this whole rattly or ratifying for the ERA and the stop ERA. And she wants to be there. So she's literally on the phone, like telling them what to do. And and they end up winning. So talk about that, like how she's handling the, the kids, you know, the floor it was all at once. It was honestly a very it was a really cool scene,
0: like she's literally like she is doing her job, which I'm sure was very stressful, but like she's also like literally like phone on her ear on her shoulder while having a tea party with the with her kids and it was just like <laughs> and it was very i mean now that we're talking about it, it was very similar, well, i guess not so similar, but it's similar to how well what Phyllis claims to be doing is that she's a housewife, mm-hmm. but she also has this agenda and um yeah. but also going off of what. Ashman said is that it seems like um, Jill and her husband have a very good balance of supporting each other and letting each other fly free. And she, and it, when we first meet him, he's like, he's the stay at home dad and he's totally okay with that. But then once the, it flopped, it was, it, it just changed. And then for her to be at home while all that was happening, like I felt her anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, like she should be there. And it worked out in their favor, which was absolutely amazing. She was like, do this, do that, do this. Like, Jill has it together, and she knows what's going on.
2: Yeah, nice. And, of course, they win. So we have this interesting thing where Phyllis loses. And it's a, if you listen, I don't know if you heard, it was a very close vote. It was like 51 to 47. So mm-hmm. they made an impact. They didn't win, but they, they made a mark. Uh, and Phyllis obviously caught the attention uh, of Reagan's people. Right, so they invite her to this final scene. Here, you're in the boys club, welcome in. And wow, was that a a rude awakening I felt for her to really see that like, yeah, we don't really see you as an equal. You're just kind of fun to be around for now. Aspen, take a stab at some of that.
1: Definitely, I mean, like I said earlier, that scene was just uncomfortable. Like she's the only woman in the room and everyone's just like really looking just at her beauty like just looking at her like I didn't feel that they cared to really you know have a serious conversation with her they were kind of like okay um let's say it's like they brought her in but she was anything but an equal and I feel like that was from anyone that was in the room and no matter where she passed by I thought it was interesting for people just to be so comfortable to like touch her shoulder, lean close to her leg, like hang out around her. And another thing is she's a married woman. Like it wouldn't be right either way, whether somebody was single or married, but for the fact there was no additional boundaries with her being a married woman, I just thought it went to show like how these people in the room really didn't care. Like they were so used to treating women like that that it was no thing for them when another woman came in the room and and we really see her you know getting more uncomfortable it's like again she from episode one she has experienced this before um jill has clearly just spoken to her about this so it's fresh in her mind so if it's happening around her she's like she can't help human nature to say wow maybe this is what jill was really talking about Mm -hmm. and it was crazy and I don't know what's gonna happen out of that scene. Like we can get into predictions when we're ready, but I really think that I think Phyllis, you know, is gonna get uncomfortable enough that she realizes she has to do something about this because she she's she's experiencing it and she might experience it more.
2: Mm. Awesome. All right, so we're uh we're running down here. So let's let's get into some news. Cody, take it away. Hello. Absolutely. So, my article I got for
0: today is from. Oh, that is great. is from <laughs> uh, It's from the Star Tribune, and it's and it was about is Hulu series Mrs. America more fictional than fact? A mm-hmm. uh, drama about the battle over the ERA mostly sticks to verifiable history, and so really, the overall they have they have done a very good job creator Davi Waller and her team of writers have said they conducted extensive research into the project. Like nearly all works of historical fiction, Mrs. America takes some liberties, particularly when it comes to private conversations behind closed doors, and it offers necessarily subjective take on highly polarizing figures such as Schlafly, whose family has been critical in the series. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to events in the public record, her hue- it hues close to the facts often quoting feminist leaders and their critics verbatim so I know for like I was kind of saying before is that um I feel like this show is I mean it's such a history lesson for me and I was very curious how much of it is artistic or poetic license and how much of it is fact and so it's nice to hear in this article that they aside from romanticizing the family drama it really is they really are hitting the nail on the head and they did a lot of work to make sure that people are getting the correct information and seeing this is what was happening and what still is happening.
2: Well, that's, that's good to hear. Cause I, and I always like when they use like real old footage as opposed to the fake yeah. old footage, you know, cause it just for me, it's like, Oh, yep, that, that's that actually is the stuff from that time. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. They're keeping it real, trying to keep it 100 on, on uh, Mrs. America. That's great. All right, let's get into some predictions. Ms. Ashman, what are your thoughts?
1: Totally. Okay, so I'm going (laughs) to take it from the last scene when uh, you know Phyllis is in that room. I think somebody is going to cross the line with her. She's going to feel it. And um, it's going to change her mind around some of these issues that she's been fighting so hard Mm. for. And um, I think we might see a little bit more of her liberalness begin to come out. And, um, and she's not going to be able to keep this facade up much longer for, you know, kind of putting everything under the carpet.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Cody.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that one. I think Phyllis, not a hundred percent, but I think she's definitely going to have, there's going to be a moment that's like the final straw and she's going to have a huge change of heart. Um, I still think the whole thing with her son is going to be a big problem because I mean we even heard it with the the gal she went shooting with like mm-hmm. she called her called called gay people perverts um and I think I mean I'm just waiting for that to blow up in one episode but um and then what I was saying about um Bella I think mm-hmm. um about the whole secretary thing there was just such an odd moment there where she wasn't mm-hmm. getting on board with it And it just seemed like she was kind of stammering around, like trying to like have a reason. And then afterwards, she kind of had this very—I don't—it was like her own secretary was looking into her office about the subject. So it was just like a part of me thinks she might be guilty in that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to.
2: Maybe I'm putting too much drama into it myself. (laughs) (laughs) So are you saying like guilty by omission? You're saying, or like by like kind of looking the other way kind of thing? I think that maybe she or she was a victim no, she
0: fooled around with her secretary or maybe she was a victim oh, okay okay Or actually you know what i did think <laughs> uh both i tr- i stand by both those i think it could very well be that because she- initially i was like oh she seems a little guilty i think i thought initially maybe she was like no like because i'm part of that club but at the same time, it would make a lot more sense with this show if she was one of a victim of this who didn't spe- who doesn't want to speak out or have their name dragged through the mud like these other secretaries are nervous about.
2: Awesome, awesome. Uh, for me, uh, it's funny. I really love the the more I see the character of Bella, uh, the more I love her. Uh, I'm really hoping she wins the Senate and then gets to kind of finally, you know, let her gangsterness kick in. You know. <laughs> Um, but she's, she's really kind of slowly becoming one of my favorite characters because I just, I just love how just grounded she is. And, you know, she knows, like we said before, she knows what this is, what needs to happen in order for things to move forward. Uh, you know, she, although it is good to have these kind of bright eyed, bushy tailed people around her to remind her of things. Um, I just think, I mean, obviously she's kind of the mother figure of this group. Um, so I'm, I'm just hoping that she actually gets to get some power finally and and do something. I I don't want to look ahead. I don't want to read. I don't want to know. I I like going on the ride. I'm a purist that way, as far as the show goes. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm with you, Cody, this, this sun thing is just gonna, whoo, it is going to, it's going to explode in a big way. And I don't think Phyllis is ready for it. I mean, we saw a little hint of it with the priest of how, like, she quickly kind of lost everything. And uh, I think it's going to kind of be on an atomic level uh, when this thing blows up. Uh, and it'll be interesting, too. I, I, don't, I think the dad is just going to shut it down. I don't think he's going to have any love for his son. I think he might even disown him uh, when it all comes out. Uh, yeah, yeah. So- She even says she was like, "Oh, well, maybe you could study law in a different
0: state and get a fresh start." Like she loves him, and she can't. She I don't think she actually cares. It's just her morals versus her what she actually feels in it, or her what she's been raised to believe.
1: (sighs) And I I think for the fact she's such a public figure, right? Like she's thinking about the way it's going to affect her. Sean, kind of like you've said the entire episode, it's kind of always a little bit about her, right? So, so she loves him, you know, and she, you know, she's feeling her own guilt. But at the end of the day, like she is kind of like, if you need to leave and go somewhere else, feel free by all means, because she's made such a mockery out of standing up for these things that imagine it happening in her own home. So I think she's really concerned about the way it's going to affect her and her family.
0: Absolutely.
2: So, so Cody, I have a question then regarding all that. Mm -hmm. When you, when you, when she says, you know, go somewhere else to get a fresh start, is it to, is it essentially to go somewhere else where there are more people like you kind of thing, or is it a thing of go somewhere else, reset and start over like, and, and eliminate this from your person? Um, I think it's definitely a go somewhere else where
0: you won't where you will be accepted for who you are but okay. i also think it's very much what what ashman just said in that she it's also about like if you aren't here when this happened when you go and be yourself then mm. it won't have as much of a negative back on the family
2: wow that is like almost diabolical I, literally like well this is what happens when someone leaves the family they get corrupted by the like the liberals wow wow like i don't think i think
0: she wants him to be happy which is why like sure. oh you should leave because if you stay here you won't be happy and right. i do and i but there is also i think selfish intent in there as
2: well oh oh 100 percent. like i said I, it's, it's all about phyllis i was just curious if she actually like what she meant by that that's all i was because i i was kind of torn i was like this she wanted to go well, to New York and then find some people or you know just Well her
0: husband was like oh you could be you're going to study to be a lawyer and you can join my practice and i think and then it after he walked away she was like or you could go out of state and you know what i mean i think she's she doesn't want to upset her husband but she's putting that in her son's mind like or you could go and start somewhere else and like get away from all this because son- it's
1: and the son looked a little confused too. He's like, what is mom really trying to say?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> We're all confused. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Another one in the can. Wow. This show just keeps getting deeper and wider and better. And uh, I'm, I'm just loving it. I got such a great, great team with me. Uh, tell them where they can find you, Ashman.
1: Totally. And I also want to thank our seven people that have been in the live chat with us the entire time. Oh, nice. Um, I totally want to encourage them to start a discussion with us next week. Like I'm here, I'm looking, I'd love to incorporate their thoughts, but um, regardless, they have been watching with us throughout the uh, episode. So thank you for that. And you can find me on Instagram at insights by ish.
0: Awesome. Cody. Uh, I am also on Instagram. You can find me at Cody
2: Epp, C O D Y Y E P P. Awesome, and yes, guys, please like, subscribe, interact with us. We love all that. We want to hear what you're thinking as well. Um, and you can find me at Sean Star seventy five on the gram, Grilla Suit Sean on Twitter, and also on the Run After Show with the lovely A Diamond, who I just remember we forgot to mention. A Diamond, obviously, not here today. We missed her. She'll be back next week, uh, full of some awesome insight. And until then, we will see you. Thanks for watching.
1: Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to
0: AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever
1: you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup.